0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of the inaugural episode of my podcast. My name is Olivia. I'll be your captain today, gracefully soaring you through the skies of this titillating new audio experience. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I have been wanting to start a podcast. I guess the word I would use is threatening. I've been threatening to start a podcast for... Mm, probably three or four years at this point. I've tried to make it happen at various points in time. I've tried to flesh out the perfect idea, the thing that would be my million dollar idea, the next big hit podcast. And well, it never happened. Well, that never happened, of course. That's why I'm here today. Now, I'm treating this as an introductory episode of sorts. You and I are going to get to know each other. Um, and I'm going to get used to talking into this microphone. It's kind of going to my head. I got this desktop microphone that is giving me mail with microphone energy. Like I feel like everything that I come out that I, I feel like everything that comes out of my mouth is true if I'm saying it into this microphone. So watch out. me, me when I'm spreading misinformation online. Okay, I'm going to get into kind of my philosophy behind this podcast, the inspiration, what led me to this fateful day. Um, But before we get into all of that, I'm going to address the fact that I don't have a name for this podcast yet. I have literally at this point, like a dozen episodes mapped out, but I still don't have a name. So if you're listening to this right now, then you definitely saw the name because I have to publish it under a name. But Right now, Current Olivia on Saturday, November 4th at 7.49 p.m. She doesn't know the name of this podcast yet. But hey, I'm going to take you through a couple of the options that I've, you know, brainstormed up. Me and with a little bit of help from my employee, ChatGPT. um, I have really been trying to come up with a name for this podcast. But the problem is, and I'll get into this later, is that I don't really have a niche. I refuse to be put into a niche. Don't you dare put me into a niche. I simply have too many interests. So that's why the first name that's kind of at the top of my list is Olivia's Obscura. You know, like shining a light on the really small parts of my life and the things that I consume and the things that I love. I don't know. I kind of like that one. The other one is Offbeat Odyssey with Olivia. Alternatively, Olivia's Offbeat Odyssey. You know, I like that one because we're, this is an odyssey. You know, we're on a journey. I am, this is your captain speaking after all. So I like that one. I'm also liking the Potpourri podcast or something with Potpourri in the title. My friend Montana said she liked that one. It doesn't really... I mean, I guess none of these names really, like, indicate what they're about. And I guess, as a podcast listener, I don't expect the names of the podcast to, like, really illustrate the essence of the podcast. Like, you do just kind of have to give it a listen. So, I am worried that the Potpourri podcast is going to be unclear as to what I'm talking about. But, bitch, let's face it. It's going to be unclear either way. I also have All Too Yell, obviously a play on All Too Well by Taylor Swift. Because I do have a feeling that all I'll be coming on here and doing is yelling um, for you know sixty to ninety minutes at a time about things of varying degrees of importance, um, but usually probably not very, very, not very important. That is, Um, and the last one that I'm kind of considering uh, for a name for the podcast is the bitch and famous, Um, like kind of riffing on the rich and famous. I'm I'm neither of those, but I am a bitch and you know, this is going to be a safe space to be drinking our haterade. This is going to be a safe space to be talking, doing a little bit of gratuitous shit talking, which is one of my greatest passions in life. So I think that that one might make an okay name as well, but I guess only time will tell. As I'm recording this, I am looking at my Canva whiteboard document of just my entire podcast, like brainstorm dump. Um, By the way, if you guys aren't into the Canva Pro of it all. You should really get into that. This whiteboard feature is amazing. It's like just a giant like it's like a giant whiteboard, I guess it. It uh the name fits, but you can do like charts and graphs and text and like sticky notes on there and I find it to be really helpful because I'm not I'm not very structured in that sense. I do just kind of like to write shit down and see where it, it takes me. So that's what I'm looking at right now. And I started making this maybe a week ago um, because I reached a tipping point in my own brain. I was full to the brim. I was at max capacity of any more thoughts in my head about the media I was consuming. And I do just have a very large intake of media I'm talking social media I'm talking TikToks I'm talking niche internet sub communities I'm talking TV movies etc etc literally I have not once ever had a thought of my own just kidding or else why would I have this podcast but I do tend to fill my entire day with content whether that is podcasts videos TV you name it it is in my ears and it is playing just for me um so by nature of that I have a lot of things that I want to discuss that kind of don't fit into any particular niche because I contain multitudes so for literal years at this point I've had a notes app of podcast ideas names topics etc cetera, etc cetera, and I was you know coming to the realization that all of them would be really good like one or two or three part episodes but none of them could really sustain a podcast for the long haul. And I'm trying to be here for the long haul, baby. I, I'm on this grind. I am ready, okay? Like, for example, I, for a really long time, thought about making a Lifetime movie podcast um, because I love Lifetime movies. And that's, you know, we'll get into that. Um, but I kind of and granted there are so many lifetime movies like I could have an indefinite podcast where I just watch lifetime movies but that just didn't sound fun like I just want to like make a couple like you know episodes about lifetime movies but I don't want to pigeonhole myself into doing a whole podcast about it so I decided that this podcast was going to be stream of consciousness style um intentionally loosely structured and very conversational and a podcast that I really, really enjoy listening to, it's probably like one of my top three favorite podcasts of all time that I continue to listen to week after week. It's Be There in Five with Kate Kennedy. And um, if you don't listen to a podcast, you should, especially if you're like, uh, I don't know. Like a woman in their 20s or 30s. I just feel like she talks about a lot of like niche funny stuff that like you think was an original experience, but it wasn't. She has like a lot of crowdsourced stuff, but also like research deep dives. And I love the variety. And I was like, dude, like if she can do this, so can I. I want, it. she always says her podcast is long form by design. And that's what I'm trying to do. I feel like in the age of engagement and, TikTok and the algorithms like everything has to be so brief. Like brevity, brevity, brevity. And I'm sorry. I'm I'm done. I edit down my TikTok so that there is not a moment of silence. I cut out like the very beginning and very end of every TikTok clip to avoid the dreaded millennial pause. Even though I'm only 25, I'm not even a millennial. I don't identify as a millennial. I identify as a cusper. Thank you very much. But I take so much time to edit my TikTok so that I am not even giving anyone a chance to lose my attention or for me to lose their attention. You get it. This podcast, we're not doing that. I'm going to be relaxed. This is going to be fun. I want to make a podcast like the podcasts I love so much, which are the ones where I feel like I am just getting to chit chat with my pals, you know, I'm getting to have a little one on one conversation, maybe a little two on one conversation. I love feeling like the third wheel in a conversation or even just like the other person in a conversation with someone on the other side of the podcast. So I, you know, I've just long dreamed of being on the other side of the microphone. And here I am, I am letting go of that expectation that I need to be completely 100% original talk about something that nobody else on the internet has ever ever talked about because I still think that I have something to add I think that I have thoughts (laughs) I think I have thoughts and I think that I need to put them on the internet for anyone to access. obviously on top of like media discussions and pop culture discussions I'm going to incorporate a little bit of personal stuff because I do want that to be a part of this podcast too. I don't know, do I need a do I need a reason for that one? Cuz I don't have one other than that I like to talk about myself. But yeah, this episode might not be a good indication of future episodes to come and I am intentionally and specifically leaving this to be an open and evolving space, okay? I don't want to say whatever the structure is of the first episode, that's the structure of all future episodes. I want to be able to give myself room to grow and evolve because I feel like a lot of the times I don't do that. I feel like since I've kind of been nurturing my... Like, I guess stretching my, like, creativity muscle, if you will. That was so corny. Holy shit. But, like, since I've been, like, really tapping into my creativity and my creative side um, since, like, 2020, I think, was when that kind of switched in me, I have been really focused on making sure something is perfect before I unveil it to the world. Like, when I first started printmaking and painting, I wanted to make, like, the most insanely good Piece of art before I like posted it on Instagram or something like that. And the truth is, when you start at something, you're just not very good. And for some reason, I'm always like, well, I'll be the exception. I'm going to start at something and I'm going to be really, really good at it right away. And that never happens. That's not going to happen. Now, I'm sure in like two, three weeks or like months or years or whatever, I'm going to listen to this episode and I'm going to absolutely cringe. I'm going to cringe and I have let the fear of future cringe stop me from doing things before and I'm not doing that anymore because listen I am turning 26 in January and that definitively leads me into my late 20s and I am done feeling embarrassed of my current self. I'm worried about feeling what if my future self is embarrassed of my current self okay because I've spent a lot of time being embarrassed of my past self in high school and middle school at various points that I like don't even like talk about or even like truthfully talk about, even truthfully think about for myself because it just like pains me so much because I was just like so painfully cringe back then. Yes, I've discussed this in therapy and you know, I'm like making slow strides. And I think this is one of them of like, I am just making this. I'm doing this right now. And even though I might not co-sign it in a year or two years or whatever, that doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve space to exist right now. That being said, the tentative structure for this podcast, I think, is going to be a little intro portion where I do a weekly report. Now, if you're on TikTok, you've probably seen the weekly report trend. It's an acronym. It stands for reading, eating, playing, obsessing, recommending, and treating. And I usually think stuff like this is really obnoxious, but I do think I like have to admit that I scroll through every single one of these that comes up on my For You page. I just think it's cute. I love the format. I love the like n- kind of non-traditional prompts like I love I like of course I want to share what I'm obsessing about. Of course I want to share what I'm treating myself to you know like that is just such rich information. So I'm thinking that um, yeah we'll start off with the weekly report, so. I can kind of get that off my chest, get that off my desk and get that off my chest, if you will, kind of what's going on with me, the current status quo, and then we can kind of move into a topic of the day. I have a lot of topics that I have pre-loaded, if you will. I have back stock of topics, but for today, I'm trying to keep it light. I'm trying to keep it breezy and effortless and something that I thought would be a fun way to get me in the groove of talking into the microphone, you know, get you, my dear listener into the groove of listening to my voice today. What I thought would be fun is if I ranked my jobs. I have had quite the roster of jobs in my life. Um, I started working when I was 16. I had my first job between my sophomore and junior year of high school, which was Michael's. Michael's the craft store. I worked there for like three months. I literally worked there from like June to September. And then I yoinked out of there because that shit was depressing. And everyone who worked there was so weird. And I was like, I'm 16. I literally can't do this. Um, But I'm also a bit of a job hopper. And I say that with pride because – Um, quite frankly, none of my jobs that I've ever worked um, deserved to have me there for longer than I was around, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't feel bad about being a job hopper because if a company wanted me to be loyal to them, then maybe they should, I don't know, pay me a living wage. So yeah, I've been around the block and I am currently looking at a list of 11 jobs. I'm not including a part-time job that I'm currently working because how weird if I like rated that job and then like my boss decided to listen to this, you know, like he definitely wouldn't. Um, But it's just, it's just not a risk that I'm willing to take right now, but I am going to be rating every other job that I've had. Um, one being the best, 11th being the worst. And in front of me here, I kind of have it in a bit of a tier list situation one through four are like the good jobs. The jobs that I don't rue, you know, the jobs that I don't wish ill upon are one through four. They're in like the green section. The yellow section, numbers five through eight, um, those are jobs that I, you know, maybe am not wishing active harm upon, but I'm also not loving. Like I didn't have the time of my life there, but. I did enjoy it, and maybe there were some bad things, but they weren't, like, irreconcilable, you know? And then 9 through 11 is our red zone, and these are jobs that I personally wouldn't wish against my worst enemy. I don't think that anyone should have to endure what I endured working at these jobs. (laughs) And a couple of them are chains and, like, or – I guess, yeah, a couple of them are cha- are chains, and I can't say that like working at every single one of these stores or franchises sucks, um, because I feel like minimum wage like service jobs specifically like you're only having as much fun as your coworkers are. Like, if you're gonna like if you're gonna hang with your coworkers and your coworkers are like down ass people and like, you know like real ass, (laughs) real ass people, then I feel like a job is kind of fun, you know, like if it's people around your age, you are in a similar place as you, like, I feel like, like, I mean, that's how I made like my best friends now, is working a job, Um, you know, in the service industry, trauma bonding goes crazy, but um, I do think that, what was I even talking about, Jesus Christ, okay, what I was saying, for legal reasons, um, you know, I I don't even know what to say to get me off the hook here legally. I don't even know if I'm on the hook legally. God knows. But um, oh, sorry, I was really close to the mic there. I was laughing and I got out of control. Um, This is not slander. This is not character assassination of these establishments. I simply had a terrible time working there. So there's that. I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up. So we are going to be starting from the worst job I've ever had and going all the way up to the best job I've ever had and the reasons why. So starting off, isn't this fun for you guys? Isn't this fun um, to listen to me talk about my experiences in the labor market? Isn't that so fun? Number 11, coming in dead last, is a boutique that I worked at last year. I'm going to call this boutique Luna Isol that is not the real name, but that does convey the vibe of the of the like aesthetic of the shop and this job I can't even get into it right now this is this whole this is his whole own episode to be honest with you guys and I don't know if I'm ready to go into that because I'm still scared of my boss. <laughs> I'm still scared of my boss, and I actually am worried that she, like, for some reason could find that and contact me about it, um, because that's happened in the past. And I don't know if I want to take that chance again. I, you know, it's been a pretty long time at this point, so maybe, like, the statute of limitations has expired, and she just doesn't care anymore. I can hope. I can hope she doesn't care anymore, but she she's scary, And um, I'm scared of her. So that's a big reason why this job is in dead last is because of how scary my boss was. She was, um, how do you say, she was terrifying. Like, (laughs) I don't even know. I remember getting off the interview. Here's here's what I'll tell you. I remember getting off the interview with this woman because we had like a Zoom interview. And I met my friend Montana for happy hour afterwards and I was like so I had this job interview today and she was like okay how did it go and I was like you know she seems a little bit high strung and I don't know how that's going to work out but I was currently between that job and another job that was offered to me and and the one that i ended up going with was a higher paying job so i was like she seems a little high strung but i think i have to take that one like i don't really have a choice it, it it's like a couple dollars more an hour than my other option and let me just say that was the day that i learned that i need to always <laughs> always trust my gut when i get a vibe from somebody because i literally called that shit before i even accepted the position i called that right after the interview and i still said maybe it'll be okay maybe it'll be fine it was not fine I lasted six months at this job and it was just it was a small business and I feel like I mean I feel like corporations are definitely guilty of a lot of things but what I kind of learned working in the small business like you know family-owned business kind of side of things is that they just use the fact that they're a small business as a way to exploit you and like You know underpay you as an excuse to not give you raises as an excuse as to why you know you don't get certain things oh because we're a small business we can afford that okay okay like that's not my problem you know what i mean and i think that i I, one of my core tenets is that i'm deeply frustrated with um capitalism and uh and labor as a concept (laughs) I really hate working, you guys. And it just drives me crazy. This was something that happened a lot at my number 11 job at, what did I call it? Luna e. Soul was that um, it would kind of be used, like, as a manipulative tactic of, like, we're a small business, like, we all have to step up and pitch in. Even though that meant that, like, most people were working the equivalent or at least me and my coworker who were, um, who worked in the office most of the time we were working like the equivalent of what should have been like five people's jobs. And I feel like we were supposed to be sympathetic to the fact that we were being overworked because it was a small business and like the owner was, you know, doing her best or whatever. Um, But, like, as someone, like, I was making, I think I was making $19 an hour. I don't even, maybe I was making $18.25. I think I was making $18.25 an hour. Um, And, which is not a livable wage where I live, by the way. Not at all close to a livable wage. I was making $18.25 an hour. I was doing what should have been at least two people's jobs, maybe three people's jobs. And she was always talking, okay, I am going to say this because I hated this. When this happened, because I'm renting, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, right? I don't have enough money to probably ever buy a house. But one thing that she told us in a meeting once, she had all of the staff in a meeting room, and she was telling us about how we needed to get the sales up in the store so that she could afford her pool. Um, Because she had moved to this like big kind of fancy house out in the country and her big thing was that she wanted a pool and I was like that's super cool you know what I want I want to be able to afford groceries. I would like to be able to pay my rent and still have a little bit of money left over to do I don't know anything else with, but yeah, for sure, totally. I hope you get your pool. That was kind of um, the tipping point of at that job. I think I put in my two weeks like literally the next day, um, and I have more stories too. And I would be absolutely delighted to put those behind a paywall. Okay, if we're ever getting into Patreon territory with this operation, that is going on the Patreon because. At that point, if she wants to pay like $5 or whatever to hear what I have to say about her, I win. You know, I'm I'm winning there. Coming in at number 10, we have the aforementioned Michael's Craft Store. I worked here. It was my very first job. Um And I don't think my boss ever learned my name. He kind of would never address me. And even when I handed him my two weeks notice at the end of the summer, he kind of like didn't seem like he knew who I was. Um I think that was not distinct to Michaels I think that was a distinctly that specific boss trait his name was Ron I'll say it it's been frankly almost 10 years I I can't imagine that I can't say his real name we'll call him Ron because that's his name um he was fine you know just kind of uh curmudgeonly I would say the job though was crazy because you guys the customers at Michaels are crazy and I'm a frequent flyer at Michaels so like I get it I get the coupon the frenzy the mismarked prices like I get it but I can't even tell you the amount of times that someone walked through my line my cash register line at Michael's and I was 16 years old and they had just a cart full of individual fake flower stems and if you don't know All of the fake flower stems at Michael's are individually skewed, or at least they were when I worked there. And these old ladies would come rolling up with their carts full of single flower stems, and a lot of them wouldn't have skews on them. And you know what I had to do then? I had to get on my little headset, alert a coworker who was on the floor, and describe to them the flower that I was holding so that they could find the skew for it. That is like finding a needle in a haystack. Trying to describe a fake flower to have your coworker tell you the skew details on it is truly an impossible ask. And um I remember just like sweating. I remember going home from that job and I was just like sweaty and clammy because I was so stressed out. Um, so that's why it's going in slot number 10. Coming up next at number nine, which is the last job in the red category, the I'm going to KMS myself category. And this is a job at a local coffee chain that was the first job I got when I moved to San Diego in the middle of the 2020 COVID pandemic. And it was full of all of the, all of the top, it, it was full of the greatest hits at the time, you know insufferable customers fighting with people who didn't want to wear their mask fighting with people who didn't understand when I told them our bathroom was closed fighting with people when they asked me why I couldn't unlock the bathroom to which I told them my boss told me I couldn't unlock the bathroom and if you're gonna write a negative Yelp review about me go for it don't threaten me with a good time I would love to get fired from this job I was working on a very busy street I was working so it's okay I'm gonna call this like The Dunkin' Donuts of San Diego, Um, because it's not Starbucks, even though I did work there and we're getting there. Um, But it's not a train as big as Starbucks, but it is like pretty common throughout San Diego County and I think maybe Orange County too. I was working on a really busy street with a bunch of office buildings around it um, in La Jolla. And La Jolla is kind of a ritzy suburb of San Diego. And Um, the demographic kind of reflects the wealth that is in that community, if that makes sense. So they're not necessarily the most pleasant or reasonable folks to deal with. Um, I hated that job. I did. I got in my car most days after work and I just drove home with no music on No music, no podcast, just absolutely raw dogging the drive home because I got my ass beat so hard making coffee for rich people. during the COVID pandemic I will say I did make absolutely mad tips there um because the people did have money so I will say it was reflected in my paycheck and that's why it that's why I lasted as long as I did I only worked there for honestly maybe maybe three or four months because I found a a different coffee job um but I w- the checks were really nice. Ultimately, though, not worth the verbal abuse I was suffering at the hands of the general population. <laughs> we are now at slot number eight, working our way into the yellow zone. And this one goes to kind of a wild card. I'm not going to lie. David's Bridal. I worked at David's Bridal very briefly. I'm pretty sure for about six weeks la- this last winter. Um like January of 2023 and I was a bridal stylist and that is like really out of left field for me like I'm really not a weddings girl I kind of have like zero interest in the bridal industry but I was looking for a part-time job at the time because I was working from home and hoping to pick up a little bit extra income you know what I mean and I saw the listing on Indeed I went I killed the interview I killed the interview they freaking loved me and the thing is that, like, I know how to schmooze. Like, I do know how to, like, absolutely put it on for people who are interviewing me, for customers. So, like, I was good at that job. While I was there, like, I was, like, one of the shining stars and I was, like, this is bad news. Like, if I've been working here for two weeks and you're already, like, giving me more hours because I'm the best worker, like, I, I can't be in this environment. Like, what's going on? Why am I a brand-new employee getting put on shifts like by myself. I don't know what I'm doing, but I came across as too competent in the job interview. And I do feel like this is a a hole that I've gotten myself into a few times, especially when I was younger, when I was like 18, 19, getting jobs. I would like really sell myself in the interview and then I feel like I fell flat once I actually got the job. At David's Bridal, I felt like I was falling flat, but for some reason I had already successfully you know, brainwashed them into thinking that I was the bridal stylist of the year. Um, So they like me. Um, I think it's because I have a good person, like not to brag, but I have like a a pleasant personality in the workplace. And, um, you know, I have basic common sense. So I think they were like, hell yeah, we love this girl. Um, I couldn't take it because I distinctly signed on to work part-time I said I only want to work three or four days a week because I have another job that's remote and I said I only want to work 20 hours or less and that was the case for like the first week when they had me on training shifts and after that they were scheduling me like 36 38 hours a week and I was like you guys that is not part-time that is full-time hours. I said that I could only work 20 hours a week. Like, I, this job is not my priority. I have another job that I like better. I had another job at the time, which is coming up next on the list, by the way. Um, I can't be here 40 hours a week selling wedding dresses. I can't be doing that. And I hated zipping people into their wedding dresses that felt way too intimate I was like I I don't know how people have the personality for that like I'm so grateful that there are some people who want to be physically that close to strangers I didn't like that that's also the reason I could never be a tattoo artist many many reasons why I couldn't be a tattoo artist but that is one of them I'm like I cannot imagine being this close up in someone's business for this long and the zipping up the wedding dresses or the lacing up the corset backs of wedding dresses like wasn't for me um so that being said I quit with no notice um after about six weeks of working there hallelujah amen number seven on the list goes to a startup that I worked for for about a year from 2022 to the beginning of this year 2023 we're going to call this alpha incorporated and this was a tech startup that specialized in an education app one of my besties Brooke she got me the job because she was working there at the time too Um, and so we were both working together at Alpha Incorporated. I was doing social media stuff for them. She was doing, like, operations, I think. We would get on, like, one fake meeting every week with our other coworker who lived in, like, Africa, and then our boss who lived in France. Um, and it was such a fake job. Like, it was the first job that I'd ever had where, um, I... It didn't have someone just like watching me all the time. You know what I mean? Like I was working from home. My boss was quite literally on another continent. Um, and, you know, startup culture, like it was just a little, it was all just a little loose. And I was like, Oh, this is good. I loved the structure of that job. Because um, nothing really mattered. Respectfully, nothing really mattered, at least not to me. Um, you know, because I was just like, making their Instagram stories and whatnot, that's, like, not life or death material, you know, like, that's not, that's not brain surgery. That's not rocket science. Um, So I was kind of having a good time. The reason this one is so low on the list is because they actually ghosted me. (laughs) First, they laid off my friend who got me the job. Um, And they never told me that she told me that because obviously we talk we're friends and um my boss who was the one who laid her off never told me or any of my other coworkers that that had happened um i was also a contractor for this job even though i was doing employee things like if you look at the code like the labor laws or whatever like i absolutely should have been a w2 employee and the the boss the CEO of the company kept telling me like oh my god yeah like in a couple months as soon as we have the money we're gonna get you on as a w-2 employee and just like kept dangling that carrot and it never ever happened like duh I don't know why I thought that was gonna happen it was so obvious that that was never gonna happen so I kept getting um paid as a contractor which fucked me for my taxes this year thanks for asking it did fuck me on my taxes but we're moving on that was that's old news um they paid me my last, because I got, I got paid once a month. I got paid on the, the first of every month, or I think either the 30th or the first of every month. They sent me my payment. They wired me my payment for, you know, February, I think it was, and then I never heard from them again. I never got a Slack message. I never got an email. I never got a text. I never got anything else. I just didn't get told to continue doing what I was doing and um like literally they just faded into oblivion it was super weird so on account of getting ghosted by an employer that one has to go in in install seven in slot number seven number six and number five are a bit of a package deal number six is when i worked at a local yoga studio when i lived in portland let's call this yoga studio drishti so i worked at drishti yoga Um, I am a certified yoga instructor I did my 200 hour training back in 2018 I've really fallen out of practice since then um, but that is a fun fact about myself that you now know Um, I also did my kundalini training which I have also fallen out of and to be honest with you um, have some complicated thoughts on now (laughs) but anyway I was working at Drishti Yoga Studio I was teaching one class a week there and no one ever came to that class and it's because I it was at like noon on Mondays and like no one wanted to go to yoga at noon on Mondays it was power hour no one wanted to go to noon power hour on Mondays so a lot of the times I was either teaching like a super awkward class of one or two students which was fine like in theory is fine but because I like have you know anxiety I kind of didn't like the vibe of like being that um like, one-on-one with people. I preferred teaching to a bigger group. Um, It just felt more natural for me. Um, Or else no one would show up at all, and then I would just hang out for, like, an hour and, like, do, like, just do my own flow in the yoga studio and, like, set up my camera and take, like, Instagram content, which, like, you know, at the time was probably impressive. I could do handstands and shit, which I cannot do now. Um, But, yeah. Coming in at number five is when I worked at Fit, which is a subsidiary of 24-hour fitness, I believe. Don't take that to the bank. They are bankrupt now. They don't exist anymore, but I did teach yoga there as well. I taught three classes. I taught yin, I taught hot power vinyasa, and then I taught Sunday morning, what was it, like Sunday, ha- Sunday morning happy hour or something? It was like a Sunday morning class that like the same five people came to every week and they were awesome um and then I taught yin which I also loved yin yoga just like rest- I mean it's not restorative yoga it, it gets more into like the the fascia like the deep tissue whatever um you tend to hold the poses for anywhere from six to ten minutes so you're like really getting a good deep stretch and I loved teaching that as well because I incorporated like readings into it I remember I'd read poems and I'd oh I curated special playlists for them I remember I called one of them yin and tonic I remember I called one of them yin it to win it like I had fun pod or not podcast I had fun playlists for that class I gave everyone like essential oils and like a little third eye massage to relax them during shavasana at the end and like I'm getting like I'm getting all happy even thinking about it because I really did love teaching that class. I taught that class on Tuesday nights. Um, and then I also taught hot power vinyasa, which just distinctly less fun than yin. Um, cause I just, I'm not cut out for hot yoga. You guys, it's too damn hot in there. Alternatively, I am not cut out for power yoga. I was back when I was in my prime back when I was in my yoga prime, I was cut out for power yoga regardless I still didn't like how hot it got in there so I would just like walk around the room and cue people into their poses (laughs) I was like I can't be bothered to actually demonstrate these right now because quite it's hot like quite frankly I'm melting in here um so that was a good class though I liked all of I loved all of the people who would come to my classes it is now with great excitement that I guide you into our green tier. We are heading into job number four, which is when I worked in food banking. I was a volunteer coordinator at a food bank um, for two years. It was to this day the longest I've ever had a job. I worked there from about May of 2018 to like July of 2020. I left in the middle of the panny, the panorami um and this job I have really fond memories of I worked mostly in like a warehouse setting and I had one coworker. his name was Doug um and we were the only two volunteer coordinators who worked at this specific food bank and we just goofed you know we goofed we gaffed we had a good time like Obviously, working with volunteers is super fun because, like, for the most part, unless they're, like, court-mandated community service or, like, literal, like, high schoolers, usually people who are volunteering are there because they want to be – because it's literally volunteering. They're not getting paid. So, like, generally, the people that I interacted with were simply delightful. And, like, I – oh my God, I'm just now remembering like all the volunteers who would bring me like Christmas cookies and Christmas presents. And it was just so sweet. And it was like a really like affirming job to do because I saw that there was, you know, this dedicated section of the population who spent like hundreds of hours a year volunteering their time. And it was mostly retired people um, because obviously those are people who have the time to come and volunteer on weekdays and middays and whatever um and I just like really valued the intergenerational connections I had at that job I've been thinking about this a lot lately it's been fresh on my mind is that I don't really have any friends that aren't my age and I know that's normal but um when I worked at the food bank I interacted with a lot of people on a regular basis who were like grandparents that weren't related to me and I just felt really like Cared for by these people, like I just felt like it was a different kind of friendship that I then I have with people in my own age. We connect in different ways and about different things. And to this day, one of my volunteers that I met at this job, um, she doesn't volunteer there anymore. I don't even live in the state anymore, but we still talk on the phone. We still text. She is the only person that's not a member of my family that I visit when I go home to Oregon. Um, So yeah, like she's special to me. That job is special to me. I it ran its course for sure like as we got into the coronavirus pandemic and like as my mental health continued to deteriorate which like whose didn't like I really did get burnt out and the emotional like like it sounds so like silly to even say this because I know how like privileged it sounds but like the emotional way of working in nonprofit during that time was like too much for me to bear (laughs) I was like I can't do this like I am going to Like, this is going to kill me, dude. Like, that job was going to kill me if I kept doing it. Um, But I loved it when I worked there until the very end. I did love that job till the bitter end. Um, And to this day, like, the boss I had was probably the best boss I've ever had at any job. His name was Mike. Shout out to Mike. Um, (laughs) And all around, like, it was a good experience. So that is going in number four. Number three strange but American Eagle Outfitters I worked here I got this job at the beginning of my senior year of high school and then I worked there through the the following summer so about a full year um and I liked this job because I hated school okay I hated school my senior year I barely went to school I had like done accelerated courses like my whole high school. Like I, I got put in like the math that was like one year ahead. I got put in like the science and English that were one year ahead of my technical grade level. So by the time I got to my senior year, the only required credit that I needed was I'm pretty sure like one English credit. So I took my one English credit and then I think I took like French, like French one for shits and giggles because I'd already taken like four years of Spanish um, and ceramics and that was all I did my senior year. I did English. I did like AP lit, I think, um, French one or two and ceramics, baby. Um, so I had a lot of time that I wasn't at school. And when I wasn't at school, I was at work. I was folding jeans, jeggings, kick boots, etc., at American Eagle Outfitters. And I loved this job. This job, I do still have fond memories of. I remember feeling like I loved my coworkers. Um, We would go out all the time. We'd go to Red Robin. We'd go bowling. We'd go... Did we go bowling? We'd go... We'd do activities together. Like, it was super fun. Like, everyone was, like, 18, 19, 20, 21. Like, it was awesome. Like, we... It was, you know, were we good employees? No. Did we have a good time? Absolutely. And that's what matters. It's not about if you did a good job. It's about the friends you made along the way. I also met my ex-boyfriend at this job. Um, We dated for like four years. Um, And it did end badly. Thanks for asking. It did end badly. Um, It took me a while to recover (laughs) from that one. Um, But like at the time, it was great you know, I worked with my boyfriend. He was kind of a catch too. So like, I kind of felt like I had some street cred at this job because the summer of 2016, which is the summer I graduated high school and the summer that I had this boyfriend and the summer, the last summer that I worked at American Eagle was like awesome. Like it's, it's like the meme that summer of 2016 was so sick. And until this summer, I would have agreed with you, but summer of 2023 has tipped the scales for me personally I know that not everyone has the same experiences obviously personally I had a great summer and so the summer of 2023 is the new summer of 2016 you heard it here first we're almost done with this but we are at number two the penultimate job on this list is that the right word the penultimate I think so um is Starbucks I mentioned her earlier and um Starbucks, she's a problematic queen, okay? the Between the labor practices and the, you know, the fact that they're, like, firing people who are trying to unionize and now the fact that they are quite literally funding a genocide um, in Israel and Palestine can't co-sign Starbucks at this moment um, and maybe not ever again. However, right now, looking back, Starbucks was my second favorite job of all time. Again, because of my coworkers. My coworkers at Starbucks fucking slapped. I started off working at a cafe store, which means that there was no drive through. It was just a walk up. Um, and then our store transitioned into a drive through. Like they they built us a whole new store, like across the parking lot. And then we all went to go work over there, and it was a drive through. And Dude, the drive-thru was so much fun. We had headsets that we talked to each other on. Um, Like, I, I don't know. Like, I like how the headsets was, like, the thing in the back of my mind that was, like, dude, that was so fun. But, like, it was fun. Like, again, we goofed. We gaffed. We had a good time. Everyone was, like, in their late teens, early 20s. No one gave a fuck about anything. And... Did the job suck at times? Absolutely. Do you know how shitty it is to work in food service? Do you know how absolutely demoralizing it is to serve people coffee all day? It sure is. It sure is. But again, what matters is the friends we made along the way. And I do still interact with a lot of the people I met at Starbucks. I still follow them on Instagram. I have watched them get married and have children, quite literally. And even though we're not close anymore, like I... I like really like what is the word even though we're not close anymore I really like look back fondly on working at Starbucks I worked there for like I think a year and a half um which at the time was the longest I'd ever held a job (laughs) my number one slot my favorite job for reasons that I will get into is a another smaller local coffee chain that exists within San Diego Um, But we're going to call this one Breezy. I worked at Breezy Coffee Company. And you guys, I met my best friends at this job. They literally live down the street from me right now. We all came to this job distinctly different walks of life. We were all like the same age. We were all, this was all mid-pandemic, right? Times were tough. And we're besties now. None of us work in that job. We've all worked multiple jobs since quitting that job. And those are my girls. You know what I mean? So I I would be remiss to put literally any other job in the number one category because Breezy Coffee Company gave me my literal best friends in the entire world. You don't get it. You don't get it. It gave me my best friends. <laughs> and... I just loved all my coworkers there. Really. We had a freaking blast. We, we, you know, country girls make do like it was still pandemic. We still did have difficult customers, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my God though. Like the majority of the memories I have is just of us like goofing and gabbing and like laughing so hard that the customers were like concerned about us. It was a really bougie coffee shop again, like the previous coffee job that I mentioned in San Diego. Um, So I, I remember I would get two paychecks. I would get one check for my wages payout and then I would get one check from all the credit card tips that we got. And my like credit card check, my, my credit card tip check, (laughs) if that makes sense, was always like two or $300 more than my wages. And I think for, they were paying me like $17 an hour or something, um, like, we're in California, so they did have to pay me, like, my full wage. I wasn't making tipped wages. I was, I was making my full hourly wage, and then I was making this hefty amount of tip money, and I was bawling out. I was bawling. I didn't know how good I had it. I would get my nails done. I would go get gel nails at the nail salon when I worked there, and, um, because I could afford it. I've never been able to afford gel nails, you know? Like, Not even working other like quote-unquote real jobs. But I could do that when I worked at this particular ritzy coffee joint. Okay, team. I think it's about time we land this plane. I don't know how long I've been talking for, but it feels like it might be a really long time. Um, If you've made it this far in the episode, I actually just want to give you a big kiss on the lips. So, smooch. Imagine me kissing you through the phone just like Soldier Boy intended. I'm really excited to see where this goes and what this space evolves into. Watch this space, okay? Watch this space. To get you kind of revved up for what's to come, um, I'll take you through a couple of the topics, the pop culture topics, the media topics, um, et cetera, that I can't wait to cover at some point on this here program. Some of the topics that I can't wait to delve into personally include my unhinged theories regarding the Taylor Swift Cinematic Universe, also known as the TSCU. Um, I, I do be talking about Taylor Swift. Okay, I stay talking about Taylor Swift, and if that's not what you're into, that's okay. If you're not, if you're not into it, get out of it, and that's okay. This is also, I think, my platform where I am going to be fully galering on Maine. Um, because I'm a gayler. okay? If that is not a philosophy that you agree with, get the fuck out. Because we are going to be talking gayler on this podcast, okay? It is something that consumes probably 40 to 50% of my brain space at any given time. I'm also going to be diving into the world of Degrassi. That is a recent hyperfixation that I've had. All throughout August and September and most of October, I was watching Degrassi Next Generation. And that is a rich text you guys I have fucking thoughts about Degrassi next generation I freaking loved that whole show and there's so many unhinged and iconic moments that I want to share with everybody and I want to discuss so we're going to be diving into Degrassi at some point I'm going to be covering um the Fast and the Furious franchise for the girls and the gays I'm also going to be tapping into a lot of my lifetime movie knowledge reserve um, because I've I've actually probably seen like literal hundreds and hundreds of lifetime movies. I pay for the Lifetime Movie Club subscription through Apple TV Um, and I am actually staring right now at like a web I've made of like lifetime movies, the various subcategories, how they're all intertwined. The one that I particularly can't wait to cover in grave detail is the Stalked by My Doctor series starring Eric Roberts, um, also known as Julia Roberts' brother. So if you would like to be as into that um, by the time I get to covering it on this podcast, I recommend you watch all five of them because there are five of them and it is a it's an it's a cinematic experience and I'll just that's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, there is a little bit of a teaser for what's to come um, on this here podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, like, I'm going to give you another kiss, a second kiss. um, And I hope you tune in next time. All right. Bye. Bye.